What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here connecting with incredible people who have great stories to tell. And today's guest is one of the funniest people that I have ever come across. I found her on TikTok and I knew I had to get her on this show. I'm talking about Jenny Zagrino. She has appeared on shows like Comedy Central, Conan and MTV's Girl Code. If there was a screen telling jokes, she has definitely been on it. So I'm super excited to share with you Jenny's story, introduce you to Jenny. So without further ado, here is a very funny, very talented Jenny Zagrino. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. Well, everyone, on today's episode, we have one of the funniest comedians I have ever come across. She has appeared on Conan, Comedy Central, MTV's Girl Code, TBS, Fox, and more. She's been in movies like Bad Santa 2 and her newest film, Too Late, just released back in March of 2021. I'm talking about the very talented, very funny Jenny Zagrino. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I didn't know I was one of the funniest. Oh, my That's gosh. Dope. I, I, I got to say... When I saw, there was one very specific TikTok that I saw of you. And I, I, I believe you think I'm going to, I'm, you know where I'm going to go with this one. It's the one where you're like, I get it. I'm fat, but yeah. it doesn't mean I'm not beautiful. Like I, I, I love that because people go, no, you're not fat. You're beautiful. And it's just, it's not the comparison. <laughs> so <laughs> that made me laugh hysterically in my bed at two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, all right, I got to ask her to come on the show. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a that's been getting some good traction. That thing has like overall about 16 million views right now. Just over like tick well, probably more because it's like Instagram plus TikTok. So mm-hmm. it's been doing really well. It's good. Um I would think I'd have a little more followers from it, but right. <laughs> you I know. I know the reach on TikTok is unbelievable, but the like the conversion rating for lack of a better term is like a little bit still out there for like up for interpretation because sometimes it just people just like the one video and then they like they just go on to their continuous endless scroll and they don't follow up with you you know what I mean it's just like great one what that's why people are like oh my viral moment's over you know what I mean but I, I hope and I know that you're gonna get some traction on this and this is not your first time with success so keep it up you're doing great and I absolutely love it uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So you start, you're on tour right now. You're currently doing shows out in Michigan. Then you're back yep. in California and Washington coming up in March. How good does it feel right now to be back on tour after all this COVID craziness? It feels good. It's also like I've gotten a taste of what it's like to stay home because from about, uh, from about like 2010 till 2020, I had been on the road pretty much like once a month every month and like had never been home for more than three weeks so it was kind of wild and then and it caught me at like this this time in your life when you switch when like I went in 33 come out 35 yeah um and 33 still feels like very young and like I gotta get my career together and 35 is like I gotta have a baby like I gotta figure this shit out I want to stay home and I want to I want to be creative but I want to be creative in one place yeah and like not be doing the road as much and I think that 
a lot of comics can't fathom that. And I don't think I could have fathomed that, but now I'm like, oh, that's definitely like a real thing that's gonna happen. Is like, you just want, you like, you just want, you know, to stay yeah. home and like be a person. Absolutely. I like kind of in, in relation to that, I think COVID is like pushed everyone's age back a couple years. Cause like yeah. to your point, I, I went into the pandemic I graduated college in 2019 and like was high on life and like moved to a new city, moved to Boston and was like, Mm -hmm. like this, like the world is my oyster. And then boom, March of 2020 happens. And then like, you're stuck in this, this world that we've been in for the past two years, but you, and like me, I've aged two years and it doesn't feel like that. But to your point, it's like, I kind of have to start getting my, like my stuff together here. Like I'm, I'm 24, I'm going to be 25 in September. Like is I need to be like moving up in the world, I guess. <laughs> but it's it just like, feels like we're sh- we're like all running on a treadmill right now. Yeah, it's like yeah, we all just kind of are stunted. We all just got stunted by um, by COVID and like mentally haven't really moved. And it's like I feel bad for the people for I feel bad for millennials because we were in like this small window of time. It felt like of like. Yeah. And I talk about it in my set of like, we were about to like kind of crest and like get our shit together. Right. And then we all were forced to go inside. And then to that, there's like my little sister who went in at 12 and came out at 14, you know, like that's a huge difference Yes. in who you are as a person to go in as a 12 year old Yeah. and come out. Yeah. So it was just like, it's nuts you know. because it's because like when people I I hate when people started saying like we'll get these years back or like we just like we'll we'll be like it'll you know we'll be back to normal soon, but it's like you're never gonna get twelve back. You're never gonna get thirteen back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you cannot be the same person in society if you're fourteen when you were twelve. Like it just it's just not how this stuff works. Yeah. So I to, yeah, to that point like, like it's crazy. It's so different. Yeah, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. So can you take us back a bit uh, and, and kind of, you you talked about growing up in the Midwest. Can you tell us a little bit about growing up in the Zagrino household as a kid? So I grew up in both the Minneapolis and Boston. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of split time between when I was like 11 till I basically went to college. Um, I went to Brookline one year um, in eighth grade. I went to Brookline uh, elementary because where are you from originally i'm originally from orange county california okay so i don't know what's like in orange county but the <laughs> but the east coast has is very much middle school world and i had junior <laughs> high like minneapolis was you went to elementary school till seventh grade or till a uh, sixth grade and then you yeah junior high seven eight nine oh, okay. and then middle school is six seven eight yeah california middle school is six seven eight and then high school is after that yeah, which I was like, what is this? I was, <laughs> I was like, I, I went from like, I was in junior high to like being back in elementary school. Right, right. Uh, because like the middle school and the elementary school where I went to was like combined. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I just like split my time and uh, ended up going to college in, in mass art because mm-hmm. uh, I was able to, thanks to my mother, uh, get residency. So I got to go for state tuition. Nice. They Love that. Too, and they were not happy about it. And I said, <laughs> Y'all want my money or not? <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love- oh, yeah. Like, fucking dean of students. Like, 
used to like one time was like isn't it weird how your transcripts are coming from minnesota even though you live in boston huh and i was like whatever you get long hair and a bald spot dude relax <laughs> but it's like it's like who are you to say that like the way the world works like I, like yeah you can have residency anywhere like you know just yeah. uh, who cares oh my who god well now you can this is way before this right is, you know 2000 eight no 2005 oh wow yeah oh, I, wow. Went to, I was graduating class of 2005 I love so that. so it was just like different and yeah. um and then I started comedy in Boston and at 21 my mm-hmm. junior year of college and I just never stopped would you say that growing up though that like arts and comedy and film was like always your passion like even as a younger individual like this is something that you wanted to aspire to be always yeah, I knew very young. I have found this, um, I found a booklet I made when I was 12 that was like, what I want to do when I grow up. And my thing was like, I want to be like Billy Crystal and host comedy and I want to do stand-up. Like at 12, I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I always loved comedy and I always loved, stand- like I just remember watching stand-up that I didn't understand but just enjoying it. Big Monty Python fan, big mm. Kids in the Hall fan. And I just loved it. I loved comedy. And, you know, I'm, luck- I'm lucky. I- Here's the thing I to digress so much. I was always a fat kid. So when you're a fat kid, you have so much scrutiny on like your body and how mm. you look. So in order to survive, you have to you know, be funny or have some other personality trait that, uh, you know, distracts from your body. So like, if I was funny, then, you know, people would like me and they would probably not really talk about the way I looked as much because I was funny. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So growing up, it was like, uh, it was much safer to be funny than it was to just like exist in a, in a body. So I think that's kind of like as a young age where I was like, if I want to feel like a normal person and feel like people accept me, I have to be funny. I I resonate with that a lot because when I was a younger kid, I, I was also the fat kid and, and, but I also walked on my tippy toes and I wore the like um, Achilles extending boots to bed and I had, I have a lazy eye like, that hasn't changed. So like, yeah. I always turned to comedy to save somebody from laughing at me to Mm -hmm. turning it into someone laughing with me you know what I mean so I was always I I didn't know the definition of self self self-deprecation and self-deprecating humor until now but I definitely like that like as a kid that was like my only way to make people laugh was like I don't know my eyes in a different area code or like like twinsel toes or like and just like the lack of coordination and everything so like I just turned to comedy so I absolutely resonate with that and I think too like kids these days have I don't I don't know if it's like harder but it's different it's definitely different in the sense of like I was bullied on the playground and people had to say something to my face in order to get bullied nowadays Mm -hmm. people are getting bullied without them even knowing about it because everyone else is talking about them in different circles and in in private zoom rooms in on social media like it's crazy so I mean it it was a it was a whirlwind growing up and I can't imagine being like 14 15 nowadays oh yeah I mean it's like you know there's the high suicide rate among teenagers mm-hmm. especially among young women mm-hmm. with like instagram and 
Facebook came out and was like, yeah, we know Instagram is really toxic. We know it is. So whatever, so, whatever. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. And even like the people who work at these places don't even let their kids on social media, right. which is like, has to be the most telling thing. And it's to a point where like, you know, we're so beaten down by how bad it is that you just shrug it off and go, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Just like, another manic Monday. <laughs> yeah. This, it's like this thing that, you know, you derive your dopamine hit from is actually making your life worse. We're just like, yeah, but I mean, what else? Yeah. Like, what else? Exactly. I don't get, I don't get paid a living wage. And this is all I have is like scrolling through and laughing a little bit. So, <laughs> so I get it. It's like, if I had a kid, I would tr- do everything I could to keep them away from social media and, you know, keep like, I don't know. I, you know, it, it's gotta be hard to be a kid. <laughs> It's got to be hard to be a kid and it's got to be it's got to be like almost borderline impossible to be a parent of these kids because like to yeah. your, I am petrified. I mean, I, I, I don't think I have I have kids in my future for quite some time, but like when that day comes, this world's going to look a whole lot different than it was in 1997 when I was born. So, oh, yeah, it's just I, like I, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> but it's- so. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's I was going to say, I always, I always love asking comedians about this, but can you talk to us about your first open mic experience? I've heard that you started doing like stand up since you were like 15. Is that? Yeah. Sort of- so the first, first time, I mean, it's like, I don't even really, it's like sometimes I count it, sometimes I don't, depending on how cool I want to sound. Um, <laughs> so when I was like 15 or 16, I took a class mm-hmm. and we had like a, a show. Um, I remember it was in the Double Tree in Bloomington, Minnesota. We had our like graduation show. And uh, yeah, I was like, I was 15 or 15 or 16, I forget. I was the youngest. And uh, I headlined our show because my teacher thought I was so good. Heck yeah. So that was pretty dope. Um, Homie 28. The AC just went on in this hotel. <laughs> you're good. I can barely hear it. If you want to keep it on, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I'll turn it off. So yeah, so so I did that and then I did it a little bit more, but it's almost like too young. It, like yeah. it's too young and there's not a lot of places to do it. And when you're that and you're also when you're a girl, it's different. Like people just don't want to hear your 15-year-old girl thoughts. I was gonna ask, like what are because the material for a 15-year-old girl is a lot different yeah. than a 30-year-old woman. Like, what were some of the jokes that you were writing as a 15-year-old? Talk a lot about my parents. Yeah. Talk a lot about uh, being Jewish. Um, and then I tried to like talk about sexual things because I mean, to deny that a 15 year old is not sexual is stupid. Like yeah. <laughs> obviously we are, I'm not a we as if I am now, but 15 year olds are horny and like trying to figure out all that stuff. Right. But no one wants, no one legally should be hearing that. No, right. Or talking about it. <laughs> or talking about it. No one should be hearing it. Right. No one should be talking about it. Yeah. You know, that's for you and your 15 year old friends. <laughs> like the, the corner. The, like, I remember, like, yeah, like the corner of the playground. Like, oh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> shh, no one can hear. No one can hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, so that was, that was kind of, um, it, I just, uh, yeah, I just wasn't, it wasn't a good time to start. And then I did it again when I was 18. Mm-hmm. and 
out the door just like first thing I talked about was like uh something about sex and like masturbating with a shower head because I was like I'm 18 no right. one can stop me <laughs> um and then then I went to college and I was like, okay <laughs> bye everybody <laughs> <laughs> that's like yeah. your your drop the mic moment and you're out you're out of yeah, minnesota like, and you're on to boston I the shower head bye everybody i'm gonna go get a higher education now oh my gosh so. i love it i love it so you went on to study here in boston massachusetts at mass mm-hmm. college for the arts and design and i love on your website that you put you have the sweetness of the midwest and the iron balls of the east coast do you have mm-hmm. do you have stories of how you got your east coast toughness here in boston Um, so Midwest life was very like suburban and, uh, being driven everywhere. And the one thing about going to Boston was I was 14 riding the train alone. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was this level of freedom that I did not experience in the Midwest. And then, you know, you're seeing shit. You're like, and I don't even know if they, people would let their 14 year old kids ride the train. I definitely, now? I definitely wouldn't. I definitely like, <laughs> wouldn't. I've driven like, that. I've ridden that train, and I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after school, I have very fond memories of like after school, my friend and I would go. We'd get on the C line. We'd mm-hmm. get off at um, oh shit, what was it? Where the theater is, the really oh, the Cleveland um, Circle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get off the Cleveland. Not the not the one past Cleveland Circle. Um, shit. Oh, Coolidge Corner. Coolidge Corner. We get up yeah, at Coolidge yeah. Corner. Yeah. There used to be McDonald's there. We would all go to McDonald's and eat. And then just like go to like a Newbury Comics or like yeah. we would uh there were a couple like vintage thrift stores we'd go to and then we'd all walk. We'd walk from there to Alston and mm. then try to get in trouble in Alston. Because they'd all like the Rat Japanese City baby. Stores, right. <laughs> so at the time, like I remember um uh, you would walk down. And they had this one area had all the Japanese stores where you could get like really cute little erasers and like cool, like like lollipops. What were those erasers cool. called? What were those? Because I, because I, I collected them all through like middle school and, and like elementary school. And I can't remember the name of those damn erasers. Yeah, I don't. And then well, they would have like the weird books that had like the really bad translations. Yeah. yeah. And like the little uh, cat dude or like the egg person, the little egg, Eggman or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. um so so yeah and then like I have great memories of growing up in Boston you know it was a it was rough there was some bad stuff there was like some rough some rough things like the troubled home stuff but like you know being 15 and hanging out in uh what we used to call it the slab on Newbury Street it was at the end of Newbury Street where it uh goes into Mass Ave yeah, and, where the uh, um, where the H and M is, or on the other side, where the Urban Outfitters is. Urban Outfitters, that's right. That's so right. So exactly used to be there. I don't know if it's still there. JP Licks was there, and then I, there's a bunch of punk rock stores around there too. So like Newbury Comics, but then other weird punk stores, and all the skaters would hang out at what was called the Slab. Okay. And uh, definitely uh, got kissed by a 20 year old there when I was 15. <laughs> Some bad <laughs> shit was going on at the have. Oh, say, Boston, you calm not down. Good, not good. Uh, oh, man. I remember his name was Omar. Oh, I love that you remember his name. Who yeah. doesn't remember their like first kiss? Their first right? kiss by oh, a pedophile. Oh my god. Oh, I I despise JP Lex. Not to like change the subject, but I think oh, it is the most no, overrated ice cream place no, ever. You're so yes. wrong. You put in you put in that cake batter. 
no. with any of the fruit flavored ice creams, it's delicious. Fruit flavored ice uh, creams. What JP Licks like are you going res, to? Like black raspberry, or uh, like they would have like strawberry. They did like a strawberry shortcake. Okay. Or you, Here, they used to not have. So they used to not have the cake batter Oreo. You would have to make your own okay. cake batter and Oreo ice cream, and then you do it. But I also lived in JP. I lived near the near the original one. Right. Right. So I lived in JP Somerville. We're in Somerville. Um, I'm in Somerville right now. We're in oh, I was um, reunion. Okay, I'm up in Winter Hill. I'm I'm up okay. in the, the bad parts, but no, it's, okay. no, it's the not. bad I, part of summer. I'm really down the hill from Assembly Row. Like, let's calm down, people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like everyone's like Winter Hill. That's like when, that's like uh, the gang area. I'm okay, like, no, it's not. That it, area used to be a place called like Fun Spot, and it was all warehouses and like oh Assembly. Scary fuck yeah, we're Assembly Oh yeah, Road. yeah, yeah. Scary fucking warehouses. The Orange Line did not go out there. Yeah, and um. It was scary warehouses in this place called the Fun Spot. And the Fun Spot was an arcade from, you know, bygone era yeah. where just dark shit. Like, it was like bad shit happened at the Fun Spot. I feel like um, it's like Coney Island in Boston. Kind of. It kind of was. Yeah. And I like, I'd never gone there because it was like, how do you fucking get to the Fun Spot? <laughs> there was no way to get there. But like, it was a real weird fucking place. The fun it's, spot. It's still like it. It looks misplaced. I mean, it does. I mean, now and then you throw the freaking Encore Casino Vegas Boston in here. Yeah, that it's thing just, is wild. It just, I'm like, just like what? I remember. I so I was born in Palm Springs for a hot minute. Yep. I was like two years old when I moved out of there, and I just remember taking my parents down 93 and being like, "Look, there's Las Vegas. You have the Encore Casino, and there's like one wind turbine. So I'm like, and there's Palm Springs. You got everything you need right here." <laughs> like it was just like it makes that area makes no sense and then you have like outlet shops with four thousand dollars a month apartments it's just like things don't add up there it really nothing adds up in yeah. assembly well, <laughs> nothing it is a really weird place i'm looking right now i'm looking and i'm like okay was am i right was it the fun spot because there were like a couple other weird arcades there was one two that i used to go to the fun spot it was in nashua new hampshire it was like a weird was it in Nashua? Maybe the fun spot was in Nashua. No, that was Fun World. Oh, and boy. that was really fucking weird looking. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it was the fun spot. Okay. In assembly. Had the fun spot was in Nashua. Okay. But assembly had one similar to the fun spot. I'm going to find out. Okay. Look, <laughs> I have now I have to find out. You're gonna no, find it. Find it. Out. You got to find it. Okay. Yeah. Old arcades, um, Somerville. Uh, let's see if it's gonna get good and good times emporium oh the good times emporium the assembly square family fun center which combined the best of Chuck E. cheese and indoor go-kart um the 17 years the good time emporium okay so yeah i love yeah. that oh my gosh they laser tag go-karts come on they had everything you ever wanted holy cow everything you would want um, the good, yeah, the good times emporium. Bring it back. Good times emporium. Bring it back in assembly. Yeah, so like all those, all those places. It's just like that whole area was such a. Yeah, the clock runs out for good times back in two thousand and eight. Oh, sad. <laughs> now there's like a lucky strike there, and a home yeah. depot. I love and- to like. I love nostalgia. I could reminisce about that shit all day. <laughs> I love it. We're going to take a quick break from this week's episode to talk about our brand new sponsors and a long time coming with TYR. Guys, 
I've been a part of the swimming community for gosh knows how long. I've been retired for just about three years, but I'm going back in with my friends over at TYR. That's right. TYR has everything you need from swimming to try to anything from biking, running, you name it. Tier or TYR has got you hooked up. They got a brand new spring collection coming out, and I'm going to hook you guys up. That's right. I'm going to get you 10% off at checkout with the code Jared, J-E-R-O-D-I-G, 10 off. That's right. Jared, J-E-R-O-D-I-G, as in Instagram, 10 off. Going to get you 10% off at checkout with their brand new spring collection. So if you're a swimmer, I know I have swimmers listening to the show biker, uh, triathlete, whatever it may be, head over to TYR, check out their brand new spring collection. And now back to the interview. But I got to imagine that there's a big cultural difference of going on stage in a show like where you are right now in Grand Rapids versus like, let's say the Wilbur in Boston, would you say? Yeah. I mean, the Wilbur is a theater. Right. Okay. I I was just like, (laughs) insert Boston comedy club that everyone talks about. The comedy studio? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's in Somerville and Union at Vera's. You should okay. go. Absolutely. Um, you should really go. It's great. Um, they're going to be moving soon. But um, so, so how it feels is that in some of these towns like here, so Boston is a B city for comedy, which is great. It means that you can go there, get really good. You move to an A city. So an A city would be like a New York. New York, LA. Okay. So ahead. this place, you know, like Boston also too was close enough. You could drive to the eight places. Right. So Grand Rapids is probably a BC city out here because you can drive to Chicago. Yeah. Two hours to Chicago, um, which a lot of people do. And uh, Detroit is also close by. Mm-hmm. So I think like the comedy out here, you're getting, I think older people who it's like, there's really, there's not so much to do. Like I host a show in uh, Twenty Nine Palms, so I'm sure you're familiar. Yes, with the the, the beautiful so sunny cal- Twenty Nine Palms, <laughs> yes. which actually is going through a renaissance. It's actually doing very well. New restaurants are opening, bars. It's getting very cool, very hip. Very but nice. I host a show there, and it's like, well, yeah, Thursday night, there's nothing to fucking do in Twenty Nine right. Palms. So yeah, the fucking Yucca Valley comes out. You know, the Mojave Desert, whatever is like, yeah. shows up. Yeah. And the same with like when you come to towns like this, where it's like a Madison, Wisconsin, a Grand Rapids, a Bloomington, Illinois, uh, or Bloomington, Indiana, college yeah. towns, stuff like that. People show up. A place like Boston is it's harder to get people out because there is a lot to do. But Boston having so many colleges and so much like, you know, kind of being like this thought center like liberal thinking cap of the world yes yeah yeah Yeah. your audiences are a lot smarter which is nice Mm -hmm. and you actually get smarter comedians out of it because they you know you're giving a a lot of college kids who want to try right right? yeah we've had we've had some dc comics on the show and i i I said the same thing i feel like the the audiences in in dc can be very uh, very educated maybe to a fault sometimes like it I mean depends yeah. on what your material is obviously but then you know to your point too like Boston has such like the um highly educated students that it's like okay they're like almost too smart for me <laughs> sometimes yeah and sometimes they're a little more woke like like I was woke. very oh, much yeah. about woke culture but there is a, to a point where you're like okay well this joke is about my experience it's not about you and that's okay and they don't 
they're like, no, I mean, I've gotten yelled at many times. Yeah. There's, there, there's woke and there's wide awake. And sometimes I think Boston's just wide there's awake. White <laughs> awake because uh-huh. I will say white people tend to be the worst. They tend yeah. to be like, I have jokes talking about like Judaism and like Nazis and shit. And the, and the white people who aren't Jewish are always the ones that are like, you like fucking eye roll and go like, right and you're like wait a minute wait a minute i'm the jew here yeah right? i'm the like, jew i'm the one this is my experience this is my culture right like yeah. I, I i agree with that like i, I my dad's jewish i'm not gonna say I, i'm a practicing jew but like when i went to a catholic college i like catholic schools have the the biggest urge to always insert a jew joke and i don't know Boy. what it is like, like they are, they're so fascinated by Judaism because it's like nothing they've ever experienced before. But I'm like, it's literally your next door neighbor. I mean, like your next door neighbor yeah. can be Jewish and it's not like, like they're, they almost want to put it and I don't want to knock this faith, but they almost put it on the same pedestal as like, or weirdness as Mormonism, you know, yeah. like the, the societal weirdness of Mormonism. And I'm like, it's, it's really, like, we stopped caring after the first five books. You're welcome. Like, like yeah, <laughs> like I, we don't have to do all these classes anymore. I don't know. So, but yeah, yeah I, it's, it's so, it's so funny. The, the white wokeness is sickening sometimes. Yeah. This is some, it's like, okay. Like no one's giving you a gold star. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no one here to congratulate you. It's like, right. kind of like, I always find it interesting too, in like the, you know, I've been, I've been very much uh, kind of talking about how I'm anti-body positivity. I was, ju- you transitioned, exactly. right? Perfectly. Right. So I'm, I'm anti it because it was for marginalized people and it's been co-opted by um, diet culture and thin people and people trying to sell you shit. Um, so, and then not saying that like thin people shouldn't like feel good about the way they look. Right. It's fine. Um, you know, it's just like, this shit's not for them. And the amount of like, you know, woke white people who want to come in and just be and that like thin woke white people who are like, you don't know art the struggle. Someone told me to a cheeseburger one time. <laughs> it's like okay. I'm sorry. Like, do you okay. do you apologize to that person? Care. Yeah. Care about my, you know, well, my doctor always wants to talk about how thin I am, and I go, all right, well. Does your doctor say don't like come back when you've when you've gained weight and I'll treat you? And I've had right. friends who like have been denied the medication, been denied surgeries because of their weight until they lose weight. That's absurd. Yeah. Wild. It's, it's wild. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I and it's just like there's something about like if they're not if like the 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 thin white woman isn't front and center. And even like muscle white, I'll even say muscle white guy because uh men, you know are awful too uh so if they're not centered in the conversation then you know they, they don't know what to do yeah they lash out and be and are weird what do you what do you make of like the effort though of like sports illustrated swimsuit models like adding plus size women to the cover or whatnot like is this like is this just to check a box do you think like are they just doing this to check a box or do they actually th- like because i think it's like a double-edged sword like, oh, we put a, a plus size woman on the cover, but when you open up to the next 45 pages, yeah. they're all going to be one. 130 pounds and, and gorgeous and, and six pack abs. Yeah. Well, this is what I think about a lot of that. So like a lot of plus size models are actually straight size models who are wearing padding. I had no idea. Because now you get like the thin face. A lot of 
if plus size mom, like if you're plus size, you might have a thin face, but like having a thin face is like a, you know, it's, it's rare. Like I have a double chin. I have a, you know, a round face. So like, um, some models are like some of those, like mom, not, not like the more famous ones, but yeah, they're just like, they wear, they have padding. So, but you still maintain a thin face. So it's like the same thing with like these swimsuit models is like, technically they'd probably be more along like straight sized, but they genetically have been blessed with like thin face and a thin like upper here, yeah. right? And it's just like, I got like tits and a booty. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's an improvement, I guess, but it's still also too, is like, they're not really showing actual plus size people, you know, it's like, right. it's the same in like the models that are on there that are size zero and two are not the normal, the same way as the plus size 16 lady they're showing is also not the normal when it comes to plus size. Yeah. And I think too, you know what, uh, it, cause it is all for like the male gaze is like, there are, I, I mean, there are a lot of men who do like like larger women and or pre, like prefer a larger woman, but you know, it's that's not going to sell anything. So I don't know. It's, it's token. It's, it, yeah, it is. It's token, and it's it's just so weird how society has molded us into what we what we should want in in people and what we should want in a partner, what we should want in our friends or whatever, all based on how they look. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. But so, would you say? that because a lot of your material has to do with with size with with who you are as an individual and again going back to like the self-deprecation part do you think comedians in order to succeed have to have some level of self-deprecation sprinkled in with more self-acceptance and maybe like peeling back the layer here like as I said earlier on the show like as a kid growing up I always felt that in order for me to for people to think I'm funny, I have to make fun of myself, but it had turned into like the confidence in the lazy eye, the confidence in like, I don't have any sort of um, balance or coordination or anything like that. Like that's, I've accepted that, but it was basically because I was, didn't care about making jokes about it. Do you like, I guess, is, are you following me here? Is this kind of make sense? Or like, you, you, yeah. okay. <laughs> I feel like everyone starts off as a self-deprecation because that's what is like the easiest. Mm-hmm. right is tell the jokes that they would tell or i assume that they would tell is tell them about yourself first right um but i think what actually has helped me get what small success that i've had and the fans that i've had is the acceptance because it is so radical and different than you know like i've watched i just watched a, you know a couple new comics i was um doing this uh uh, I was judging a comedy competition and, you know, uh, there was a lot of talk about body stuff and a lot of neck body talk. And I think it's like it, we're really getting to a point in our culture where like audiences don't even like it. Like yeah. audiences don't like that joke. Okay. For example, this is a good example. A specific comedian put up a set that she did from 2013 on Fallon um, of basically like just shitting on fat people, just making fun of them getting diabetes, whatever, whatever it is, right? Yeah. 2013, that's it. Fucking killed on Fallon. I'm sure, right? And I was looking through the comments, 
And it was people just like, this isn't funny. This is so old. What are you doing? This is fat phobic. Why would you even post this? You know? And like, it was a good note. It was like, I would say almost like half of people being like, no, this is mm -hmm. not funny anymore. Like people don't, people, you know, they do like, I think that people are understanding more that like, as the science comes out, that it's just like being in a larger body is so much genetic and so much of it, you can't control it. And I think add on top of that, pe that people are just exhausted with trying to lose weight and, and realizing that it's never going to actually happen. Mm -hmm. That you just got to like, you have a whole generation of people being like, I've been lied to about this and, and it, like got so much abuse from people about it mm -hmm. that I'm tired of it. So I think there is a big wave changing in people for like, people are not on board so much for self-deprecation anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's turned into, I, I, I agree. I think it has turned into like that self-acceptance and like, you know what, like I'm going to rock this and it doesn't, yeah. The deprecation part is, is kind of going in the rearview mirror. And I think like, to your point, like diet culture has just been so exhausting because it's the same stuff in our face every day. Like, Diet yeah. culture hasn't evolved, period. Like yeah. if I see- Well, I, it's I just, evolved into sneakier ways. So it's, yeah. it's under wellness now, wellness <laughs> and health versus looks. And, you know, uh, strong is the new healthy, that kind of shit. Yeah. That's all, that's all covert diet culture. Right. Trying it's, to sneak its way in. Right. And it's, and like, I think of like in this pandemic that we've lived in, I know many plus size people who were much healthier during all of this than people who look and feel amazing or go to the gym every day. Like my brother works at a gym and he like, I'm going to put him on glass here. Sorry. He's vaccinated, but he, he had Omicron way worse than when I had it. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, and like, I'm, I mean, I, I exercise, but I'm not working at a gym. Like, it's just so funny yeah. to me. Like people's, people's perception of, of um, how you were saying, like, it's healthiness now. It's not dieting anymore. It's all, mm. but it's still the same freaking message. It's all you know what I mean? And lifestyle, like the whole thing with Noom being like, oh. we're not a dial, we're a diet, we're a lifestyle, but also we're going to put you on 1300 calories which is a toddler's calorie intake. <laughs> right. Right. It's for a toddler. And yeah. we're going to put you on it and then also label foods as good or bad. So it's a diet. It's the same as anything else. And like um, they did this study. It's an interesting study. It's called the starvation study. It's from the 1940s in Minneapolis at the U of M. It basically took like, uh, you know, healthy dudes who were eating probably around 3,000 uh, 3, calorie diets. And they yeah. put them down to 1,500, which is a standard caloric diet for right. a lot of people. Right. And they found that these people became obsessed with food. They would collect recipes. They would chew gum all the time. They would want to see pictures of food. They hoarded food. And then uh, they just were like went through depression, anxiety, like all these symptoms that of our culture now that right. we are just like, oh, whatever. It's like, no one ever looks to be like, well, this person's depressed. Are you dieting? How much are you eating? You know what I mean? Right. Like, and the, we, we are like food porn is a huge thing. And pictures like when social media, people taking pictures of food yeah. and everyone like salivating. It's like, well, cause the nation's hungry because everyone is hungry because we don't eat. 
because we want to be fit like it's it's like it's so funny that you hear what happened to this tiny you know subgroup of dudes who then also once they even went back on eating a regular diet still suffered a lot of these issues and and they a lot of them went into fields of working with food right, right? so right. like if you go to any eating disorder clinic i bet you that 80 percent of the clinicians working there have their own eating disorder you know Crazy. because you just it just is part of your whole faith right right so like i said at the top of the show you mm-hmm. have certainly jumped into Hollywood world beyond the stand-up stage with roles in movies like Bad Santa 2, Fifty Shades yeah. of Black, and Too Late. As someone who grew up wanting to make movies, how do the two compare stand-up and more of a full Hollywood production? Being on set is really fun. It's like a family. And it's a it's a really fun, it's just fun. It's like an interesting thing. And you're mm. all like kind of making something together and acting is just it's so much different than stand-up like right. I think comedic stand-ups think that like we get comedic acting we don't like if you're a stand-up go take a class like you yeah have yeah I, I think that that's such a good point because like everyone thinks like oh like you, you think of like Kevin Hart and like oh he's such a good comedian oh he's such a good actor it's like like this doesn't just come to him naturally like no, at classes Every right. actor you see has coaches. Like yes. you don't know it, but like they're actively coaching while they're doing the role. Like right. you just have to have that because like there's so much that goes into breaking down a script and right. making it the most real performance possible. So it's like take an acting class for the love of God. Do it. <laughs> it's it's a totally different world. And and you can sometimes tell like when comedians, stand-up comedians try and go the acting route, like uh, okay like maybe we'll stick to the mic you know I don't yeah. <laughs> but it, it is definitely two different worlds if there was one that you could where you can only choose one that you could do for the rest of your life what would it be comedian or actor um I guess it depends on like the roles I'm getting am I like a box office superstar am I getting like roles <laughs> I want to play all the time let's say they're, they're it's equally the same success Right. So it's 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 box office superstar, but also like selling out arenas, stand up comedian. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really put you in a loop here. <laughs> that's really hard. You know, I would say stand up comedian. I just like I like the validation and I like it being my own stuff. Yeah. yeah, if it was acting in my own movies all the time, then I'd be like, oh, that would that's great. That's what I'm trying to do now. It's like make more writing and like mm-hmm. do stuff like that. So I love that. Yeah, I love that. And and let's just say if Jenny Zagrino wasn't doing comedy, wasn't acting, wasn't being a t- this total boss, what would your day job be? Probably uh, selling vintage clothing for sure. But um, I think like I really like uh, real estate and like um, Airbnb. Like, oh heck yeah! I've I just started doing it, and like I kind of love being a host. I like people enjoying the things like it's again it's like a service industry yeah and I kind of like working in that even comedy is a service industry right like I'm serving you jokes yeah. and like you know making you have a nice day so it's like okay either you have a nice night with me in the club or you have a nice night staying at my Airbnb so it's like I love those that. are your options yeah do you have a do you have a dream spot to Airbnb in not necessarily host an Airbnb, but do you want to like, where's, where's like your number one place you'd want to go visit an Airbnb in? 
I would love to go. I like the mountains. I'm like a big mountain fan. So mm-hmm. like, I would love to Airbnb with some fucking sweet mountain views in like any mountain, pretty much like, uh, Sequoia is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. What like, about like Utah? I feel like that's like, that's I like up there. Utah. Utah's yeah, yeah. pretty beautiful. I yeah. would do that. Um, Moab or like, yeah. Zion. Zion. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. I love it. I Nailed love it. it. <laughs> well, we have gotten to the portion of the show where you have answered all of my questions. So now it is time for you to turn the mic on to me. I'll, I'll let you ask me any question that you'd like. So feel free to ask me anything here. Okay. What, uh, okay. What is your favorite memory from Palm, from growing up in Palm Springs? Oh, Palm Springs or, 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 cause I, I moved out when I was two. So, oh, I, okay, okay, okay. So Orange County, Orange, uh, Orange County is such trash. Okay. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll ask uh, you right I'll, now. I, I can, I can flip it back to Palm Springs. Like my grandparents live there. So, okay. I mean, all right. Um, my favorite thing about Palm Springs is that it is, it's two completely different worlds because like it's your it's your retirement center capital of the world beyond florida um it's like this it's like the west coast florida um but then you go to like downtown palm springs and it's it's like provincetown all over it's it's crazy but i like i'm not a good golfer yet i would love to golf in palm springs but like just like the the art and like the people watching and just like everyone's down to do whatever and like it's just kind of like you know, a city that is like, you know, it's up to you. I, I just, that's what I love about Palm Springs. So um, I was actually there right before COVID hit. Um, my my girlfriend and her parents took us out there. Yeah. And I was like, I was loving like taking them all around to the places and all that stuff. So I, I absolutely love Palm Springs. I don't think I could ever live there full time. Like I don't think anyone would, but it's yeah. it's definitely a place to, to, to visit if you haven't. We're like two yeah. travel agents over here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But um, different than Orange County, Orange County is like, it's just a bubble. I mean, I've said this on this show a hundred times and everyone that I knew growing up in Orange County better agree with that. Like you're not, this, it's, it's, it's a fairy tale land. You're, it's not, it's not real life. It's not. Well, I mean, LA is also a bubble a lot, but like. But LA, like. It's two very different bubbles living next to each other. It's two it's two bubbles that are on top of each other that are very different, very different lifestyles. But yeah. o- Orange County is like every time I laugh, like I think of like the Simpson movie of like there that's Orange County. Like you're you're stuck in that bubble. And it yeah. and it can it can follow you. Like I mean, you know, people people don't leave if people that don't leave Orange County, it's like I don't want to say there's no hope for them, but it's like that's all you'll know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I loved it. I was very very fortunate to grow up there. I don't think I'll ever move back. But uh, where? Yeah. What city in Orange County? I was down. I'm like you're gonna like put me on blast. I was down in uh, a place called Cota de Casa. It was a gated community right outside of uh, Laguna. It was like 25 miles or 25 minutes away from Laguna Beach. All right. All yeah. right. Yeah. You're. I'm, <laughs> I, I just canceled myself for you on this on my own podcast. No, it, like. Like, again, I'm, I'm very grateful that I got the life that I lived, uh, but I am more thankful that my parents told me to get the heck out of Orange County and go to college somewhere else that I couldn't go yeah. home and do laundry on the weekends. So 
Providence, Rhode Island and, and uh, Orange County, California are two very different worlds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so is Assembly Wait, Road. Did you go to school in Providence? You went to school in Providence, Rhode Island? Yeah, I went to Providence College. Yeah, very different. Very different. <laughs> it was very, I always say on the show, it was eye-opening. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was good eye-opening. But <laughs> yeah. anyways, so we do have one final question for you where we ask all of our guests and I'll let you go after this here, but you can't run away from this one. If you were to write your autobiography today, what would mm-hmm. be the title of it and why? Um... The title of my autobiography would be Jenny Zagrino. Um, the many, I don't know, something about uh, wishes she was water vapor. <laughs> I've said it before. I just like, sometimes I'm like, man, this mortal coil is really difficult. <laughs> sometimes I just wish I was vapor with no anxieties and just floating around being like, and just enjoying things. I love that. I, I, yeah. I, I've never heard anyone say it like that, but I'm, I'm totally on board. <laughs> I just like, I just like, I don't want to have anxiety and, and nightmares of being a human. Sometimes I just want to like, you know, float into the sky, fall down, become rain, feed a plant and then go back. You know what? It's just that beautiful cycle. Beautiful cycle. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I've had an absolute thank blast. You. I hope you have as well. Let's definitely keep in touch. And I will, I will, yeah, I, I hope you had, I hope you had fun. Yeah. When I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to be at the Rhode Island um, uh, Comedy uh, Festival, Rogue Island Comedy Festival okay. on May 26th. So. May 26th in Let's Rhode Island. Any Boston shows? There. Any Boston I'll put show? Boston shows up. I was going to do some Salem stuff and like oh, some, spook, and some stuff. spooky stuff up there. Yay. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jenny, we will talk to you very soon. I hope you enjoy, enjoy the tour out in Michigan and we'll, we'll chat soon. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. So a big shout out to Jenny Zagrino for coming on this week's show and sharing more about her story, more about her world of comedy and obviously her love for Palm Springs. So again, big thank you to Jenny. I'll be sure to link all things Jenny in the description of this week's podcast. Be sure to go follow her on social media, on Instagram, on TikTok. She is one funny individual. If you're in the Rhode Island area, be sure to go check her out at the Rogue Island Comedy Festival happening in Newport, Rhode Island between May 26th and May 30th. Tickets are on sale now, so head over to the RogueIslandComedyFest.com. I'll link the tickets in the description of this week's podcast as well, so you can go check out Jenny live. And thank you guys so much for all the support of the show. It's crazy to believe that we are at episode 75 here coming up soon. We have a very special, very um, asked about guest who is coming back for another episode here on the show. So I'm very excited to show you that. Be sure to go check us out on social media at Normal Guy Lazy Eye on Instagram and TikTok so you can see clips from your favorite episodes. And be sure to go check out the new merch shop. We have some great crewnecks, some great hoodies that can get you through the mildly cool weather of spring here in New England. So I will see you guys all next week with one of Normal Guy Lazy Eye's favorite guests returning to the show. <laughs>